Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by director Remy Grillo to discuss his film, The Resurrection of Charles Manson. The film stars Frank Grillo and is currently available on VOD. The story is centered on a young couple who create an audition tape for an up-and-coming Charles Manson film. However, when they choose an eclectic backdrop, the dark events of the audition material slowly slip into their reality as they find themselves intertwined in an occult leader's sinister plot. Big thanks to Bookman's for sponsoring this episode, and to Fort Worth for letting us use their song at the end. If you'd like to connect with the show, the best place to find us online is at followingfilms.com or on Twitter by following at followingfilms. Please leave us a review and follow the show on Spotify. It really does help. You can also support the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash followingfilms slash support. The Resurrection of Charles Manson is currently available on VOD. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Doing well, doing well. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to do this. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So I, I just starting jumping right into this because yeah. I, I um the thing I was struck by is I've seen a ton of Manson stuff. And you know, right. the 46 years I've been on this planet, feels like every two years or so I see a new Manson problem. Always. Um, the one thing that really I was taken aback by was this is one of the first ones that's really drawn parallels to our current state of politics right now and what happened at that time and the sort of the inevitability about it almost to some degree that we're in this cycle that just is constantly repeating itself. I'm wondering if that's something that attracted to you to this particular project. It did because, you know, it's like there's, there's always a Manson movie and it's always the same kind of storyline. And I, I really like the fact that this doesn't have Manson in it. Like he is, he is at the base of it and he's yep. the root of, of what drives this family and this group, but he's not in the movie at all. Like people keep asking me like, would you get to play Charles Manson? I'm like, he's not in the movie, <laughs> but you realize, I think what's cool is like, you see what a guy like Charles, like what Manson, the power that he still has and that you still have these groups of people that no matter, no, no matter how long he's been gone, they still want to, they want to do right by him and they want to, they want to, continue what he tried to do and it's this weird uh i think it's this weird phenomenon that people will always want to kind of continue the work that he didn't to get to finish in a way which is bizarre because you're like he, he wasn't really doing anything <laughs> but they want to do right by do right by him and that's what kind of attracted me about the story was it's about the what if like what if this family was still doing what they were doing in that time and and how would they be trying to um, do right by him? And it's something that I think is, it's pretty interesting to explore it from that angle and that side, yeah. because it does feel like it's a fresh take on it. And it is something that I think becomes, instead of this anomaly that happened, this, this sort of strange thing that we look back on and you make it, yeah. well, this is something, there's always been broken people looking for answers. And there will always oh, yeah. be broken people looking for essentially con artists and buying into it. And I think that's what this yeah. is playing into. It, yeah, it definitely is. And it's, um, you know, I think what you find is, you know, broken people find broken people in a lot of these instances. And it's, it's, I think with, especially with Manson, he, he knew how to use that to his advantage 
And what you see, I think, in this movie at times is the same thing. It's we have a character finding other broken characters yeah. and using that to fulfill this manifesto, if you will, of <laughs> of a goal is to bring back Charles Manson, which sounds so so ridiculous as a lot of these kind of, you know, current day, you know, ideals do sound like what's like, yeah, we're going to bring back Charles Manson. We're going to you know bring back so-and-so. And it's the, the idea of him is to bring back the idea of him is this terrifying, this terrifying, you know, topic. Oh, of course. And th- there's a young, there's an audition kind of at the center yeah. of this where there's this idea of going in, we're going to take all these kind of, unusual measures as far as going out, finding the right backdrop for it and doing this to put it on tape and all these steps that you're taking. And it's kind of the, what are you opening yourself? What are you actually looking for in that? Why are you pursuing this so hard? What are your motivations behind it? And so to me, it feels like there's something that could be, there's such a, the ambition without the actual um, goal in mind of why can be really dangerous. And that's what that felt like to me that you were kind of talking about. It definitely like it's the it's the willing to do whatever you can whatever like whatever you have in your ability to get to that goal no matter what whenever what you're kind of crossing along the way because you to get to that angle i think that can be a very dangerous journey especially for the younger you know the younger generation it's like well i'm just gonna do whatever i can to get to you know fulfill this goal or or find the approval of this being who i think has the answers or knows the way. And it's like, what are you willing to, what, what boundaries are you willing to cross or what are you willing to do in order to achieve that? And I think that's where things get a little bit dicey because people, I think, lose, lose kind of their sense of morality in, in what is right and what is wrong. They just see it as this, this appeals to the higher power that I am searching for. Absolutely. And could you talk a little bit about the look of the film? Because I'm assuming that this is something that was made on a fairly limited budget, but I think the locations that you've chosen and everything, this is, has a really impressive look. I think you're kind of, you're probably punching above your weight class as far as the way this film looks. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Cause that was definitely the goal. You know, we, we did have a small budget, um, but I had a great DP. His name's Parker Tollison. Um, and we found this house in the desert and it was kind of the way you see it in the movie is the way we found it on the location scout. It was this weird, you know, this weird house that was set up to look like a seventies artist kind of bungalow. Yeah. So that right off the bat was perfect. And then we wanted to bring this look of, you know, the grittiness of like, you know, the sixties and seventies while shooting it on obviously digital and not having all the, you know, everything at our disposal but it was very minimal in how we shot it. And I think it was a lot of, you know, looking in at them, like watching them. You want to always have them being watched. Um, but yeah, we wanted to, you know, there's a lot of oranges and blues and, mm. and really having that look of the seventies and well, you know, in a perfect world, you shoot it on film and you make it look super, super authentic to the time. But, you know, using what we had, we wanted to make it as authentic as possible and giving it a very I don't think we wanted everything to kind of look this every room, every scene, I think was its own character almost. So giving it its unique personality. And I think you see that in you know the main house and, and where the, the film takes you at the end of the movie, it's very funky looking. Yeah, for sure. It, it's yeah. 
Well, and it's something that is the look of this and these sets are building towards this inevitability, this thing that it's going towards that right. you can these this unraveling of what it eventually goes to because it's a it's a I don't it's not slow because I was engaged with this material oh, the entire you. time, but it is something that it it's very methodical and it's pacing right. as the pieces start coming together. And that was really um, that was that was our goal through editing because there you know you make so many different cuts of the movie and there is a version where it's much longer and you take your time with it, but but with this kind of storyline it was like no we just want to keep going because yeah. there are there are too many moments where you could fall off and you don't want that especially with something where you kind of have to be paying attention to to the little details and you know even like the way we had everyone dressing like the you know the family's wardrobe you know my dad wears that orange suit yeah. um which was like a super you know he had gotten that from something else but like even that like okay he's got the orange suit and he drive you know there's a vw bus that he drives or there's a, you know, there's a silver bullet. It was like, all right, let's kind of like take out a, when we're in the desert, take out of like the modern touches of society and just keep it back. And I think that also keeps you engaged. And the fact that we're not wasting time between these characters moments, it just kind of keeps you wanting, I, you know, I, I would hope keep wanting to, to keep following the story. Well, and you do take time for character yeah. moments to let them breathe oh, yeah. and to have humanity. And it's not just... When, when is the next gag? When is the next right. jump? When's the next scare? In fact, it takes a while to get to that place where the it horror does. really presents itself. It does. And that's funny because people keep telling me like, you know, so it's a horror film. Like I feel, I feel like a fraud calling it a horror film because at, at its, at its core, it's this, this couple drama that then gets over overcome by this thriller horror aspect. But it is for the most part following the trauma of this young couple doing this audition. And then once I say once night falls in the movie, then it picks up. Like once the sun goes down, then all the craziness starts to come. Well, yeah, but it's, there's, to me, it feels like a horror film because it is setting that up the entire time. It's not something that's just this really wild gear change that happens in act three. It's something that you are building to this, the entire, you're laying the breadcrumbs out for where, this is heading and it's, you know, just something like the, um, the imagery that you show with the snake and these kinds of things that you see, yeah. the, the, the interactions that people are having that, um, you know, where they're referring to the skin tone of this character and you're, this feels like yeah. something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, honestly. It well, has that. Yeah. So well, I appreciate that. Cause I, I, uh, you know, it's been one of my kind of not worries, but it's like, well, I hope, people aren't expecting a bigger, you know, like, especially in today's world, like all the horns, like boom, right away, there's like the craziness happens. And I think with this script that it just wasn't that kind of story. And you do want to take your time to get to know these characters while also slowly laying the, you know, laying the breadcrumb of the horror and what will eventually happen towards the end of the movie. Well, and it's when you build it that way, you actually care about what happens. Cause if you start, with it's just and so it works. I'm a genre guy. I love horror films, but if the you can start with an explosion that's so powerful and such a big thing in the beginning of it, a set piece, you know, a horror uh, piece in the beginning of it, a gag that's so strong that you never quite get over it for the rest of the right. film. And so I would rather have something that it's ratcheting itself up slowly, like an old wooden roller coaster, as opposed to something right. that's just you're just shot out of a cannon. Just boom! Right like, away. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that was like, especially with our, our opening, our current opening, we reshot that very late because 
we had the feeling like, well, we're not, we starting too slow. So we reshot that opening. And I think that, that scene really sets the tone of, of the movie well. And it gets, yeah. it gets you, it gets you just enough and then takes it away. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something that's uh it's not bombastic. It's not no, something it's not. that's, it's, it's not something that's huge. And there's times when that works really well, but it's almost a, when you're doing that, it's, you're setting yourself up, you're painting yourself into a corner. Cause that's a tough one exactly. to get out of. And it's there's, there, there's people that do it and very successfully, but it's, that's setting that's up a challenge. Yeah. It, it was. And, you know, especially with what we had and the time we had and, and just the story, like it, it was just, it, it felt, it felt much more natural to do it this way. And I, and I think it serves, it serves the story in a much more beneficial way. You also talk a little bit about, and so there's this thing where I, I, when there's relationships like you and your dad, yeah, I, I always feel almost, I almost want to ignore it. Because it's like, right. you know, every single person is going to immediately ask you about this thing. And it's like, you know, I actually enjoy this outside of that. But I would, wouldn't be, if if you weren't you, I would still oh, be asking yeah. about, you know, directing your dad. So, but I don't want to make it about that. Because actually, oh, no, I'll talk, I, oh, no, I love talking about it because it was such a great experience. We had, we, we had such a great time. And what's interesting is I've never got to see him work firsthand like that you know like i've really? watched him i've got to, you know i've got to obviously watch him read scripts here and i've been on set working as pas when he when he works but there's such a different relationship with director and actor you know like there's there's such a an understanding there's a camaraderie so to have that with him was so cool because i got to really watch how he works and really watch how his brain Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. I'm joined today by my son, Jacob. Jacob, say hello to people. Oh, there you go. You're already on it. So, Jacob, when you go to Bookman's, what is it that you like to look at? What do you like to get? To get toys uh, and movies and, and the coffee news. You like to look at the movies and you like to get the coffee news, the newspaper they have out front? That's yes. great. So, last time we went into Bookman's, I picked up a movie. Um, what movie did I get, Jacob? Escape from New York, but that's the name as it hurts of the uh, ex uh, as the cover. Sorry, sorry. I want so no, no, you're okay. Would you talk a little bit about what you see on the cover of Escape from New York on this Blu-ray that I got? So based on this cover, you see grass shattered and also the Statue of Liberty's face fell apart because. In this movie, Escape from New York, is the introduction is a man trying to save the president's daughter, and New York turns into a prison in this movie. And there's the hero, as you can see, very strong, in fact. Oh, yeah. Now, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. Now, you're too young to watch it because you're only six years old, but do you think in a couple of years from now, when you get a little bit older, you'll want to check out Escape from New York? Yeah. Okay, what's a movie that you've seen that we picked up at Bookman's that you like? Come here, talk so that people can hear you. A uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors, that's a great movie. So, when you're going to Bookman's, you can get movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K, Laserdisc, VHS. You can also get comic books, books, newspapers, magazines, home furnishings. Uh, you can get tons of stuff there. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yay, let me see
breaks down you know a scene even something like the camera like he's like where's the camera going to be and he's like this because you know it obviously affects how he does his job but then for us to have that conversation of he's like well i don't know if this is right i'm like well let's you know let's figure it out it was awesome and it was great because he was there it was a particularly challenging week where he was there Mm -hmm. and and there there came a point where i was it was our it was our second week and i got kind of beat down towards the end of it you know like there was a lot going on and and it was like you know four against one at one point and i was like i looked and i was like i was like i know we've been trying to avoid this but like i need help here and he was like i got it like he was very <laughs> hands off for the whole thing until he needed to be okay um cuz he wanted me to have that he wanted me to learn he wanted me to you know rise and fail but when he's when he when he was like when i needed help he was like i got you and it was it was great so we had a blast and and it was fun working with him and and it's just it was just cool it was just cool to be like yeah we're doing this together well the dynamic of it has to be something that can be challenging uh i would imagine it definitely was it was at first because like i i remember that i always say like i don't remember the first scene that we shot like i fully blacked out <laughs> like i know what we shot i know what scene it was it's yeah. in his office no idea how that went though like I remember, they were like, "All right, we're moving on." I was like, I looked at my DP. I was like, "How'd that go?" He was like, "What do you mean?" Like you were here. I was like, "I don't remember any of it." I was so nervous because um, it is that thing where it's like, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm making a movie, and it's it's with him, but like it's also with him, and like you know, he he's gotten to this really amazing, incredible point in his career. So it's like I want to do right by him, yeah. but also you know, when he's on set, it's not father and son; it's director and actor. So he's going to, you know, he's going to push back as he normally would, as, as he should, because it helps me and it obviously benefits the movie. But it was one of those things where I was like, I have no idea what just happened. I hope it looks great. <laughs> so the other, because it's not just your dad, though. You have an, a really yeah. strong cast here. Um, in fact, it's mostly these um, these other actors that you have, these young actors that populate yeah. this film that do such great work. Was that something that working with them on the scale was, was that similar, the sort of feeling of doing right by them as well. And that sort of, was it nerve wracking on that? Or was that more comfortable with what I assume? I mean, they were closer to peers, but you have some actors here that have had pretty long and oh, yeah. careers really. So, yeah. You know, especially like, you know, Jamie and Will yeah. and they were both, they were both very, um, you know, they wanted to, to help me as much as they could and not make it seem so overwhelming. And that was great. And, you know, Jamie wasn't there for very long, but her and I had developed a, you know, a great kind of back and forth during pre-production. And, and I actually met her because her and my dad had done a film together um, called Lights Out. So that's really where. Such a great movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I got to meet her. And I was actually coming. They were, they shot that in Palm Springs and I was coming from my location scout. So I stopped and say hi. And that's where she was like, oh, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to do this. So, you know, everyone loves, yeah, everyone loves Manson. Like it really is a phenomenon. Like you mentioned yeah. Manson, you mentioned the cult family that like, I'm in. Um, so she was great. And Will was really cool. Like, you know, Will is a bit older than I am, but he's very youthful. And he was like, when he came out and when he wasn't shooting, like, let's grab dinner, let's go to the bar, like, let's hang out. I think everyone would make me feel as comfortable as I could be. And then Josh and Catherine, it was really just the two of us for the first week and a half. So the three of us, I'm sorry, the three of us, the three of us got to really um, bond and get close. And that became so easy. Like when we were directing those scenes, like it was very, 
you know, like three friends making a movie, you know, obviously as, as the respect of director and actor, but it was, let's, I want to push you as much as you can to make this so much better. Because like there were moments where like, you know, you feel you don't want to go over the top. It's like, no, this is an over top moment. And let's, yeah. so it, it was, uh, it really was a great experience in understanding how to, how to direct and kind of handle different personalities. Well, it, I'm glad you touched on the idea of um, some of moments go over the top. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's clearly stuff that happens here that it could be pushed way too far and yeah. you could, you could end up in sort of cartoonish area pretty quickly i think with some of the yeah. material but it feels like things are definitely restrained in those moments yeah you know it's funny like there were there's a couple of scenes where there's like two versions of it where like, like we did try the over the top version it's like let's just see you know give yeah. me one where and you're like okay never mind like we did it we tried it <laughs> but but it's um you know the 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 better performances and like the subtlety there's in the nuance like maybe you don't say anything and it's all just we see the expression in your eyes and that's all you need you know you don't need this long-winded monologue maybe it's two lines and a weird body movement or emotion um yeah. there were a couple i remember there you know there were a couple scenes where we tried it with dialogue and it was like you know what this doesn't work it's too on the nose let's get rid of it and i think i i prefer the more subtle nuance in a scene as an audience you know, as an audience member. So I was like, okay, I like trying this. And it's not always, you know, a, the producer or whatever's favorite decision to make of like taking out all the dialogue. But I think <laughs> it it does, it serves its purpose in certain moments. Well, it's just, it's good to have it when you're shooting, but yeah. then when you realize it's unnecessary and you can pull those moments back and just strip it down exactly. to what, how do you convey this idea? Is it just a right. glance? Is it a look? Is it a, something? Because to Is me- yeah, and that's it. And that's that's how real communication works a lot of the exactly. time. We're not it's we're not telling real moments. Yeah. Yeah. I like if you and I were mad at each other, I wouldn't go on this long-winded <laughs> monologue and rant about how exactly. you know, I would just kind of I'd probably say mm, and walk and you know, say that that's it. off and be be really uncomfortable. You know, my body like your body language can say everything you need. Absolutely. And that was an interesting challenge of trying to to get across it at times, but I think we figured it out towards the end. And so next, are you going to be doing more genre films or what is going to happen after this? Because I really enjoyed this film and I, I hope that you're making more of them. So, oh, you know, can I say, can I say thank you so much? Because, you know, the movie comes out tomorrow and I've been absolutely terrified of its release. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate that. It, it really means a lot. Um, I would love to do one more horror thriller. Kind nice. of do, you know, I've got a big book of what to do better and you know, what not to do and what to do. Next of course. Time. So I would love to tackle one more, maybe two, whatever, one more horror thriller genre, get it right, do it the best I know I can do it and then go from there. But I feel like this movie was such a great experience for me. It was, I keep calling it like my master's program. Like I got to sure. do everything that I thought I knew how to do. And I learned a lot and I failed a lot. Um, but I, we made it work. You know, we, we figured it out. We fixed all the issues and got it to a place that I'm really happy with, but I would love to do one more. Um, uh, definitely. Hopefully just hang on to that, that feeling, hang on to that yeah. mindset, because I think as soon as you start thinking you have it figured out, that's when yeah. your work will get boring. So I as long agree. as you feel like I completely fucked it up, I got a million things I can oh do. Better, God. Yeah. Then, then you're, in, you're probably in the right place. And people that I definitely are, do. 
because even people are like, you know, let's go watch the movie together. I'm like, I can't watch this movie anymore. I'm like, I see it. I've seen it so many times, but also like there are certain things I'm just like, you know, I'll look at it and be like, okay, I know this, this day, this happened and this wasn't supposed to be this way. So like, you can't, you know, I got to watch it on a big screen when we were doing the sound, which was awesome. And it was just a great experience, but I'm like, you know, I'm okay not to watch it again because it, it doesn't bum me out. But I, I almost get frustrated at myself. I'm like, hey, this, you could have done this better. Remember when you, they told you to do this and you didn't do this because you were kind of being stubborn? Well, they were right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I can go through the whole movie and pick apart everything in it, which I think obviously comes in the nature of the job. But uh, yep. with this one particularly, there's a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of core memories for it. Well, for it. Even kurosawa said that he you never you never actually finish working on a film you just stop working on it you'll always find things that are wrong with your work so the other day i was watching part of it and i went what if we re i was like stop i was like what if i re-edited this and i was talking to my editor he was like i will kill you i was like i'm just curious what if we edit it this way and he's like stop he's like it doesn't matter because I get so, you know, I get so OCD and, and so I go down the rabbit hole. Like, I know I, I had a screenwriting teacher at my school and he would, we would give in drafts every week and he would look at me and go, I've, I can't give you notes on this draft because you somehow bring in an entirely new draft every week. He goes, I've never had a student like it, but you can't just stick to one draft. I go, ah, if I get a new idea, I have to rewrite the whole thing around that idea. He's like, it's great. But it's really hard to give you notes. People would be like, remember in version one or version, like, I don't remember which version it was, but there were notes. I was like, I, I don't know. My brain just, it's chaotic. There's a lot of chaos going on in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you've, when you work through like the color correction process. Yeah. And so you can almost, you need to reset sometimes because you can get so far down yeah. those rabbit holes that you're like, I, I don't even know how I got here and what this For looks like. For one scene, you're like, just twist you're just making the tiniest adjustment it was great i took time off i took about two weeks off when the producers had their cut uh, it was about a two two and a half week break mm-hmm. which was perfect because then i got to go back into it i hadn't watched it at all and that that was really helpful you know i think I, that's what i learned too it's like you don't have to be on 24 7 it's actually better to take a couple days off because you get so almost jaded by what it is like the movie then yeah. just becomes like clockwork it's like okay we're at minute 13 14 i know what to, it's like no no, no you got to pay attention to what's going on um but yeah absolutely but i know we're we're out of time but i just wanted to say thank you for taking the time thank i you really so enjoyed this, this man so no you you made a great movie man so thank you I'm just, I, I enjoyed it and i'm definitely looking forward to what's coming down the pike next thank you so much thank you very much all right man Have it was a pleasure day. to meet you take care pleasure Bye. bye-bye Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
always crack.